welcome to the Zurich Live podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined today by Richard Temperley, our Head of Investment Development. Together, we will be looking at the investment market performance and discussing Zurich's current fund positions and all the market events that we saw throughout October. The Zurich Live podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on ZurichLive.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Good morning, Richard. We saw generally a positive month for risk assets throughout the month of October. What kind of developments did we see? Well, good morning to you, Ian. Yes, markets were strong again in October. Uh, supported by continued good economic growth data and expectation of continued strong corporate earnings. Continuation of strong markets and I suppose the key feature this year, apart from markets being strong, equity markets being strong, has been the euro currency which for most of this year the euro has been strong and that of course has eroded some of the gains that have been made on markets outside the eurozone. So the currency has been a key feature. It started the year, the euro dollar rate started the year at 105, moved up to 1.15, uh, which is the top of the range, has broken out of that up to 120. But recently it's come back a bit, i.e. the euro has been a little bit weaker in the last okay. month or so, and we're back to about 116 at the moment. So as I say, it's been good good for equities, but the euro has eroded some, some of the gains. And the euro strength this year, a rise of approximately 11% against the US dollar, has been due to good economic data and recent plans by the ECB to, to taper quantitative easing during the first nine months of 2018. So the plan now is to reduce monthly purchases of bonds from 60 billion euros per month to 30 billion euros per month. So those two features, the tapering of quantitative easing and strong economic data, have affected the currency and made the euro reasonably strong against the dollar this year. Other features that the markets are looking at, obviously US interest rates. The markets wouldn't like a significant increase in short-term interest rates. We are expecting now a fourth rate rise of 0.25% in the US in December. But we've got to remember that you know US interest rates are from are rock bottom levels yes. and are rising from, from from very low low levels. So overall, um, you know we remain positive on, on equities. They remain well valued against other assets like bonds and, and cash. However, they have become more expensive on a, on a PE multiple basis. So we're obviously watching carefully the the PE multiples and eurozone bonds. We continue to uh, feel that they're. They offer little long-term value, and we have very low duration in our in our bond bonds in our in our multi-asset portfolios. Yes, of course, which is that's a position we've held for for a little over a year at this stage now. And just turning more markedly or directly to equities, you mentioned that we've seen the euro US dollar stabilize over the short term. Even uh, what sort of figures did we see under the bonnet as such in, in world equities throughout October? Okay, well, it was a strong month for world equities in euro terms. They rose by about 3.5% and have now given a total return of 8.3% for the first 10 months of the year. So that's in euro terms. When we look in local currency terms, in general, markets have been much stronger. This has been down to uh, 
you know, the fact that, that economic and corporate earnings data continue to be supportive, as well as the fact that, that global interest rates and um, inflation remain at relatively low levels. So all of, uh, during October, all of the major equity markets were up in local currency terms, ranging from 1.3% in Ireland to 5.4% in, in Japan. So a strong month, uh, and year-to-date, um, pretty strong markets in local currency terms. We've seen Hong Kong up 20, over 28%, Japan up over 16%, and the US up 15%. So strong markets across the board in 2017. And the US um, has interesting few records that have been broken in the last few weeks. The S&P 500 is now up for 12 consecutive months. I think is a record and certainly a new record was uh, achieved. The US S&P 500 experienced its first 12 month period ever without a 3% pullback. So that's a pretty consistent pattern of strong strong equity markets and we we still near the top of the ranges in our in our multi-asset funds and equities. It's interesting I suppose you allude to that Richard um the benign market conditions or a lack of volatility is, is a theme in the marketplace at the moment. Related to that is something that we've been discussing in the office a bit lately is the sector dispersion. Some of the movements you might see sector-wise underneath the general trend upwards. Um, would you have any comment on that? Yeah, well, exactly. Volatility overall for the market has been low because it's been rising pretty much in a straight line. But when we look under the bonnet, as you say, at the individual sectors, we're seeing very wide uh, divergence between the performance of the best and the worst. And that, of course, gives um, um, active managers like Zurich a great opportunity to outperform. So, for example, year to date, we've seen uh, the technology sector is up uh, almost 36%, whereas the worst performing sector, telecoms, is down 16%. So, so it's a huge spread there in, in, in the different sectors. A huge spread. And not only that, we've seen also uh, technology has really been driving the market. When we look at the what are called the FANG stocks, yes. which now include two A's, we've got um, Apple in there as well. So when we look at those stocks, um, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix and Google, they have been driving the market and not only this year, but for the last three years. And in fact, in the last three years, 20, nearly 30% of the gains of the S&P 500 have come from those five stocks alone. So technology really has been driving the market and we remain you know, overweight more than benchmark in, in technology stocks. Turning our attention into bonds and the fixed income markets, Richard, what sort of movements did we see, uh, particularly in Eurozone sovereign debt, um, throughout the month of October? Bond market was up in October by about 1.2% and is now flat year to date. Bond markets have held up reasonably well this year in in um, in the eurozone in particular after a poor performance in the second half of last year you know we, we don't see much value in eurozone government bonds we think that eventually yields will start rising again but the fact there's been a lot of quantitative easing and inflation remains relatively subdued has meant that you know, the, the bond price have stayed fairly steady during 2017. so you mentioned that that they've been relatively steady uh, in recent months in 2017 but just in the overall context of what we've seen in the last 18 to 20 months in bond yields, um, particularly I suppose the German and US 10-year benchmarks, where were the, when were the lows for them or what movements have we seen? Yeah, well most of the, the rise in yield or fall in price, as I said earlier on, took place in the second half of 2016. So when we look at the low point for, say, German 10-year bond yields, it was minus 0.19% in July of last year. 
um, and yields are currently around 0.4%. So we've seen a sort of 60 basis point move upwards in yields from the bottom. In the US, it's been slightly larger rise. We've seen a 100 basis points or 1% okay. rise in German, sorry, US 10-year uh, bond yields over the same period from July, which was the low point in yield, to where we are today. So you know, yields are beginning to rise. It has been significant during 2017. And you've mentioned a couple of times of central bank or potential central bank activity. I suppose we look at the, the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England and the Bank of Japan as the four main um, central banks in the world. We did see a bit of activity or a bit of commentary from them um, over the last couple of weeks. Yes, well, the main one was the Bank of England um, moving interest rates up for the first time in a decade. Um, so slightly surprising move. I mean, people did anticipate it was going to happen, but maybe not um, when it did, which was the beginning of November. So the Bank of England increased rates from 0.25% to 0.5%. But that's just really reversing the emergency action that, that they took, that took place following the Brexit vote when okay. interest rates were cut uh, at, at that time. So it's just really reversing the Brexit cut in interest rates. Yes. Uh, the, U, the US, the Federal Reserve, is expected by all and sundry to increase interest rates in December by 0.25%, which would be the fourth such move in the cycle, albeit from extremely low levels. And turning our attention to commodities and currencies, we've already mentioned that currency fluctuations can have a, a big impact on investors' returns. We also do have some commodity or alternative holdings uh, across our multi-asset range, particularly the Prisma range. Uh, what did we see from commodity prices throughout the month? Okay, well, commodities um, in general, I'll talk about the year and then come to the month, yes. but in general, commodities have been, many of them have been quite strong this year. Um, some of the food commodities have been weak. And the oil price was very weak in the first um, half of the year. But overall, um, uh, commodities, many commodities have, have done well. And that's, that's what you'd anticipate when you get strong economic growth, that commodity prices would rise. Um, so in October, the overall commodity index was up by 2.4%. But for the year as a whole, it's still down a little bit. It's down 2.6%. But as I say, we've seen individual commodities doing doing extremely well. Oil was weak until the end of August. This was caused by an increase in shale oil production in the US and some disappointment over the scale of OPEC's production cuts. But since the end of August, the oil prices rebounded sharply. It was up nearly 10% in September. It was up a further 6% last month. And this is on the back of stronger demand because economic growth is, is stronger. A couple of the other commodities that we look at and have in our in our um, in our Prisma funds and our multi-asset funds, gold fell a little bit last month, but it's up about over ten percent so far this year. Uh, copper rose sharply last month by nearly five percent, and it's up a very strong twenty-four percent here to date. So you can see there are many individual commodities doing well. Oil has turned the corner. But still some of the foodstuffs, the, the food commodities, still still in negative territory. So very similar to, I suppose, the, the points we made on equities, you really do have to look at the individual constituents of an index or of a particular asset class sector to get the real story of, of how, they're, how they're moving underneath. Yes, Ian, absolutely. And that, of course, again, backs up the fact that you know, an active manager can take advantage of these discrepancies between the different commodity prices. Yes. Uh, we mentioned earlier some of the figures that we saw uh, world equities in euro terms were up 3.5% in October. And what sort of impact did the euro currency have on those returns throughout the month? 
Well, uh, not as much as in previous, early, earlier on in the year, and actually the euro weakened, weakened a little bit last month from 118 to 116, but we've got to remember it began the year at around 105, yes. so you know, euro has been stronger, but weakened a little bit in the last month or two, down from 120 at, at its high point. So the currency wasn't as major a factor the last couple of months as it was in, really in the first half of the year. How are we currently positioned then across the main asset classes and, and within those asset classes, what sectors or geographies are we more positive on? Obviously we're cognizant of the fact that we've had very strong markets for a long period of time, yes. but we do remain uh, positive and we are the equity positions are up towards the top end of ranges across all of our multi-asset portfolios. Again, given the, the fact that we're seeing stronger economic growth, good corporate earnings, relatively low inflation and interest rates and on top of that we've got the the relative value argument that equities still look better value than other asset classes despite the fact that PE multiple is above above fair value. Mm. As regards our so geographic positions we have more money uh, than benchmark in Europe, Asia and Ireland. UK has been underweight for some time and the US is now underweight um, underweight position relative to benchmark. So those positions we've held now for a couple of months and they're, they're working reasonably well for us. As regards our sort of sector positions to finish up, generally speaking we're, we favour cyclical over defensive areas okay. um, and to be more specific in uh, the, the, the positive bias we have is towards industrial stocks and technology and we have a negative bias towards some of the consumer services uh, areas like retail and media and some of these are bond proxy areas like like telecoms they would be our main main sector positions okay thank you very much for that richard that brings us to the end of our monthly investment update on the zurich life podcast channel thank you again richard for that in-depth analysis and thank you our listeners for your time for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news please visit zurichlife.ie Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.